This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hey fam, welcome to another episode of Making Shift Happen. Today we're talking about, oh, rate of perceived exertion or RPE, as well as your heart rate. You know, like, hey, should you use RPE or should you use your heart rate? And let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this discussion. Full disclosure, Milo is in the office with me as a record, which I know I know that's really risky. He did actually just start to scratch himself and, and of course, lick himself uh, since we just came back from a walk. Before I hit record, I I just kind of looked at him. He he didn't know. He doesn't know. It's fine. I have the collar off of him. Hopefully, he's he's behaving himself. He's licking the rug now for I have no idea what reason. But anyways, welcome to this week's episode, fam. (laughs) Milo and I are going to talk. We're going to talk about RPE and heart rate. All right. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because you're likely obsessed about your heart rate data. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, you know, and I all too often will see the obsession in beginners, beginner riders, as well as advanced and expert level, you know, just before hitting pro and it's fine. I get it. It's a, it's a point of, it's a data point. I understand. I totally get it. I even go down that rabbit hole as well because I am trying to really do very focused training right now myself for a particular event. And it's kind of, you know, yeah, there's a lot of heart rate based stuff, but even though I'm still doing heart rate based stuff, I'm still focusing on my RPE. I'm still focusing on how I feel. And don't worry, if you don't know what RPE is, don't worry, we're going to talk about it today. All right. Now, you know, the reason I'm talking about it is, yeah, there isn't a level of obsession over this, but I definitely see the level of of obsession with newer writers too, because they're new. They're maybe following, you know, a new plan or a new training program, i.e. shred strong, right? And they're, they're kind of getting a little stressed over it. They're getting a little stressed over hurry monitor. And Milo, my dear, I love you. You're so handsome, but please don't lick your junk while I'm recording a podcast. Um, But I'm here to tell you that it's just not necessary. It's not necessary to focus solely on your heart rate data, all right? What's more important is learning the skill of riding and getting the miles in on your bike, especially as a newbie, all right? Learn, Learn the skill of riding first and then get comfortable doing that. Feel more confident with that. While you're learning the skill of riding and getting those skills kind of dialed and really starting to understand the sport of mountain biking and, and how and how you feel on the bike as well as off the bike, then also use the RPE scale to help temper your effort too. Because, hey, I get it, especially as a newbie rider, I remember still, you know, like over, oh, I don't know how many years at this point, like 2000, 2001 is when I started riding, all right? Um, I took a huge hiatus, like in the middle of that, but we won't talk about that. Back then I went really hard because I was riding with all my guy friends and they were hammerheads. (laughs) I didn't know. Um, and I was riding with, you know, Gary and a couple of other friends, Jason and stuff like that, man, they were just, they were fast. 
fast as F. And I was just trying to keep up. How often was my ass out of breath, you know, on every single climb? And, you know, it was very often. And it's kind of funny because I was very in shape then, you know, I I was definitely a gym goer, um, lifted weights, and I was lean, and I was also waiting tables and bartending at the time, you know, I was in college, you know, hey, one of my favorite jobs ever. And I could run circles around folks, you know, on the wait staff because we did have a two-story restaurant. Yeah, I had to carry crap up and down those steps. Usually I was the one that was carrying those full trays of glasses and all that stuff. So I was I was fit, but man, I was still puffing, puffing up those climbs, you know, and that was in North Carolina. So that was before I even hit Colorado. And and yeah, you know, I did not look at my heart rate monitor. You want to know why? Because I didn't have a heart rate monitor back then. And I did shortly thereafter, especially when I did become a spinning instructor and things like that. And I got one of the first Garmin's uh, that was available back then. But I didn't obsess over it too much. I was more just kind of curious, like, hey, what was the the highest heart rate that I that I met during those workouts? You know, and just out of curiosity, because I was trying to judge how much I was expending of myself during class, especially, you know, because yeah, when you're a spinning instructor, you're, you're coaching folks while also spinning your ass off just as hard as everyone else in the class. So sometimes I was fairly breathless, especially when I first started. Uh, Of course, back then I didn't realize I had vocal cord dysfunction. (laughs) Had I known, I would not have ruined my vocal cords like I did without a mic. Um, But still, you know, even as a newbie, focus. What I'm trying to say is focus on the skills, learn the bike skills. And then at the same time, yeah, start to kind of pay attention to how you're feeling, what your breathlessness is, what your ability is to carry a conversation, which we'll talk about because that's going to be the biggest, the biggest way for you to kind of judge your RPE is your conversational, your, your ability to carry a conversation. All right. Um, so yeah, use RPE as, as kind of a little bit of a litmus test. All right. Now this is not to say that I'm against heart rate data and using heart rate as a tool. Hell no. But here's the thing. We all need to remember this. We all, I don't care if you're like pro level, you need to remember this. Heart rate data are just a tool. All right. It's not the end all be all fam. And that's what I'm trying to get through with today's episode. Even expert level riders, really, you need to get dialed with your RPE. You need to understand, all right? Because what if you go out for a ride or a race or an event that you've been training for and your heart rate monitor dies? This happens. Even if it has a full battery, I've had my heart rate monitors absolutely crap out on me. Usually while I'm on an international trip. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. But yeah, they'll just, you know, I'll get the spinning wheel of of death on my Garmin screen. And then it just goes dead. And I'm like, oh, crap. I guess it's time. I mean, just like anything, these things have a finite life. All right. They will last several years. You just don't know when their final day will be. All right. Uh, Just like a computer, just like anything, really, that's going to be technological. All right. (coughs) Now, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I've, I've experienced it myself. And that's the thing is we all think that it's not going to happen on event day, on race day, on this thing that we've trained all season for. 
Here's the thing. There's this thing called Murphy's Law. It's not really scientific, but it does exist. (laughs) And I do claim its existence just from personal experience. And I'm sure you do as well. So I like to be prepared. I don't know about you, but I like to be prepared for what if things go sideways? What if my technology absolutely craps? And what's the bed? If I don't have that to look at, how am I supposed to know? Oh, oh, I'm supposed to be carrying this amount of power. You know, oh, wait, on this section of trail, I always carry this much power. My heart rate's always at this, at this level. I'm panicking. There's no reason to panic. That is unnecessary panic. However, if you know what your RPE is and how much ex- you're, you feel like you're expending, that will be so much information for you come race day, ride day, event day, whatever it is, all right? This is why it's important to know what it feels like to make certain efforts from from all-out efforts all the way down to a super easy and chill pace, all right? Feeling, I know, I I know, I know. Trust me, I've worked in research for like 12 years, and I get that feeling, how you feel, your RPE, ooh, it's subjective. Jen, it's subjective. It's not hard data. What? How, how can I trust that? You've got to learn to trust yourself. You know, I know feeling is very subjective. I know that. But it's a hell of a lot more dependable than what a screen or a watch is telling you in most instance, instances, okay? All right. So RPE, to me, is the best way to get in tune with how efforts feel on and off the bike. This also applies to your efforts in the gym, while running, while trail running especially, skiing, whatever it is, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, any, literally any effort. And in any cardio, any sport, all right? Now, rate of perceived exertion, RPE, is traditionally a a 10-point scale. There is a 20-point scale out there, but, you know, the 20-point scale is very hard for folks to kind of put their finger on what number they are. They have too many numbers to choose from. (laughs) They have like double the number of numbers to choose from. And it can just be very difficult. And even when I worked in research, we did actually use the RPE scale, believe it or not, uh, for a six-minute walk test that we used for uh, cardiopulmonary research studies that I was on for many years. And we had to ask the subjects, hey, you know, like they, we gave them a chart <laughs> and they had to point to where, where, where they were, you know, point and say it and had to agree, sign it, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, we even used this in our research. So we're using a subjective scale in research. It does exist, all right? It does exist. So the 10-point scale is the way to go. Sometimes sometimes there's also like a 12-point scale, but I don't even want to go down that, all right? I don't want to go down that. We're just going to do a 10-point scale. However, I will go ahead and say the 10-point scale does start off with zero, all right? So split a hair over that. But let me describe the scale, and I'll be sure to also include this info in the show notes if it'll fit. Now, keep in mind that the RPE scale that I'll include in the show notes does also include efforts for cardio as well as lifting weights. So you can start you literally can start practicing this right away. Get in touch with your RPE, get in touch with you, learn about you. All right. I will also include how the heart rate zones correlate to each level in the RPE. So you can see how it's just all connected. All right. Let's describe the chart here. All right. So RPE, let me actually move this uh, microphone out of the way here. So RPE, I will say, again, 
It's subjective. It's based on your own interpretation and it can change day to day based on sleep, stress, nutrition, hydration, and fatigue. Now, this is how it goes, all right? So zero to 10, right? Now, first step, zero to two. This is what we consider active recovery. So you're at about 55% of your FTP, your functional threshold power, right? You're, you're hardly trying, all right? So this can include things like sitting, reading, eating, stretching, mobilizing, very, very, very easy spinning with real no pressure on the pedals, um, lifting light weight for mobility, recovery. You know, this is kind of where you're focusing on form. You're just kind of, you know, you're just moving, all right? This is very easy conversation and breathing, and you can maintain this for hours. Then you get into like levels three and four, all right? This is light activity. This is more of an endurance pace, all right? You can also carry this on all day. This is about 55 to 75% of your FTP. Um, this pace feels good. And like you can maintain it for, for up to about four hours or so. It's basically lightweight lifting, you know, for, if you're lifting weights, all right? Now, five to six, you know, and, and, and keep in mind, so heart rate zones, you know, it, it gets a little wishy-washy when it comes to like heart rate zones and your RPE, but I want you to kind of see, all right, so zero to two, active recovery, then three to four, we're at light activity, which is endurance pace. So endurance pace is going to be, you know, kind of like a, a zone two-ish, all right? Um, roughly. All right. Now we're getting into five and six RPE, which is more of the tempo pace. All right. It's going to be your tempo intervals, uh, about 75 to 91% of your FTP, more or less. And I am going to include some lactate threshold just in case you're a data nerd. I'll include that in the show notes. I'm not going to talk about it here because I'm just going to be throwing a bunch of numbers at you. And that might just make you feel a little overwhelmed while you're listening to this. So let's not do that. All right. <laughs> um, now, in terms of percentage of max heart rate, all right. Now, the one, level one, active recovery, you're looking at about 50 to 60-ish percent of your max heart rate. All right. Level two-ish, you know, for the RP of three to four, that's zone two, endurance. You're looking at about 60 to 70% of your max heart rate. All right. Now, when you're getting into heart rate zone three or RPE five of six tempo, that's 70 to 80% of your max heart rate there. All right. So those are going to be your kind of like mainstays there. And that's just going through zone, heart rate zones one through three. All right. So active recovery, endurance, and tempo. And that's going from RPEs zero to two, three to four, five to six. Now, after you hit tempo, this is when you're starting to get into like a little bit more breathlessness here, all right? So with tempo, just to make it clear, this is pretty moderate activity, all right? You're not able to maintain this pace all day, but you can maintain it for a few hours. It's definitely not difficult for about 45 to 60 minutes-ish, you know, uh, which is why you're getting close to that, you know, FTP of about almost 100%, almost, almost. Um, you can keep a short conversation, your breathing is definitely heavier because your body is working more, all right? But this is definitely more still lightweight lifting for form. Now, I will say, you know, five is 
Level five, RPE five, when you're talking about lifting weights, that's kind of your warm up weight. All right. So this can be used as a warm up and to prep for any heavier weights if you're going heavier, i.e., like, you know, not even i.e., but like example given um, squats, deadlifts, things like that. I always F, F up IE and EG, by the way, because I was actually mistaught, believe it or not, I was actually mistaught this in in middle school in the program I was in. And for some reason, it's very hard for me to break that, that what I was taught back then. I don't know why. And I know the difference between IE and EG. But anyways, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it in therapy. Um, <laughs> all right. So talking about tempo pace still, five and six. Now, five is a warm-up weight. Six is considered a little bit of a heavier weight, obviously. It can still be moved quickly and utilized with some speed work. You know, you can do maybe about eight reps, give or take, you know, uh, depending on speed and training goal. All right. RPE of seven, baby. This is when stuff is getting nice and real. All right. So RPE of seven is what we consider a sub-lactate threshold. So you're definitely getting into a little bit more threshold pace here. All right. This is about 91 to 100% of your FTP. If you're using that like on Zwift or Trainer Road or anything like that, this is where things are starting to kind of hurt. All right. You may be able to sustain this effort for about 60 to 90 minutes at most, because again, remember it's hundred percent of FTP and FTP is your functional threshold power that you can maintain usually for about 60 minutes. That's the indication there. All right. That's kind of why we look at FTP as a cyclist when we're doing those indoor programs, all right? And that's usually why they they want you to take an FTP test for you to kind of get an idea on where you're starting from and then test it every few weeks. A lot of people say, yeah, test it once a month, test it every four weeks. I think that's just too aggressive uh, personally because then you're so focused on that effing number that you're not really looking at the other metrics that are that are showing that you're improving, you know, like how are you feeling after your workouts? How are you feeling during your intervals? How are you feeling during your rides? Those are very important because if you're feeling like you're, you have more energy and more to give, who cares what your FTP is? You're able, you are able to give. And if you are, if you're, you're able to give more rather, and if you are able to power out more, that's what matters. All right. So don't be too obsessed over your FTP too much. It is an important number, but it's not the end all be all, just like your heart rate. All right. It is just a data point. All right. It's just a, it's just a number. It's a tool. My point with this episode is to not make you obsessed over these tools. Okay. <laughs> or to at least help you drop the obsession on the tools. Um, all right. So level seven, RPE seven. Yeah. You're starting to hurt. You might be able to sustain it for about 60 to 90 minutes at most. Fatigue definitely builds up in the legs while pedaling or moving. Conversation is still possible, but not for long. All right. You might be able to kind of like hold like a sentence or two here and there, but you're going to be, you're definitely going to be a little bit more breathless. All right. When it comes to lifting weights, this weight can be moved with power. So if you're doing a power clean, a clean snatch, whatever, you know, something very forceful. It can be moved with power, but still definitely facilitates strengths. Now, this is about, you know, what you can lift for maybe five to seven reps. All right. Now, when it comes to an RPE of seven, and bear with me here because I'm scrolling between a couple of screens here. RPE of seven is going to be your heart rate zone four. All right. So we've already gone through heart rates one, two, and three. Now we're at lactate threshold. So we're at heart rate zone four. This is about 80 to 90% of your max heart rate, 
All right. And we'll talk about how to figure out your max heart rate in a minute because it's, it's a little scientific, but I'm going to give you the basic way, especially if you're a beginner. It's the best way if you're not conditioned. It is the best way to figure out your heart rate. And it is just one calculation. Um, now, now we're getting into RPE of eight. And this is what we uh, call the supra lactate threshold. This is very vigorous activity, very heavy weights. You are at about 100 to 110% of your FTP. You can definitely speak in syllables or short sentences, but you are breathe, you're, it's very heavy breathing, right? You're, when you're lifting weights, this is where you're beginning to hit about two to four heavy reps, especially when it comes to, you know, like the squats and deadlifts and bench press, like those big movements, all right? Cleans, snatches, my favorite. Uh, I will always love the Olympic weightlifting movements. All right, so now we're getting into heart rate, heart rate zone five, <laughs> getting in the red. And this is where you're approaching about 80 to 90% of your max heart rate. All right, next level, RPE of nine. And remember, it's a scale of zero to 10. Nine out of 10 is your VO2 max level. This is where shit is getting real. This is very hard activity. You're at about 110 to 135% of your FTP. You can only sustain for about three to eight minutes continuously. Very heavy weight if you're lifting weight. You maybe have one more rep left in reserve or left in the tank, all right, before you, before you really, you know, fail. But it's difficult. Heavy, heavy weights. It's getting, it's getting heavy. Um, you can, again, speak in syllables. <laughs> but it's still very heavy breathing, possibly gasping. All right. VO2 max intervals on the bike are so pleasant. <laughs> and that is my sarcasm. Uh, that's my sarcasm that you that you hear. And um, I, I personally love VO2 max intervals. They're my favorite. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not it's not quite all out, but it is getting there and it is, it is feeling feisty. When it comes to your percentage of max heart rate, this is where you're going 90 to hundred percent of your max heart rate. It's, it's feeling good. It's feeling, it's feeling spicy. All right. Now the, that's heart rate zone six or yeah, heart rate zone six. You know, if you're looking at zones again, 90 to hundred percent of your max heart rate, that, that's the zone. <sighs> then all out effort. Oh man, this is fun. This is like level 10. So RPE of 10 is anaerobic capacity. This is your max freaking effort. 135 plus percent of your FTP. You can only sustain this usually for about one to 30 seconds if you're sprinting or up to about three or more minutes if if you're more controlled, if you're really trying to control a little bit of your all out effort but you are at your max. You have no more reps left in the tank if you are lifting weights, all right? There is no, excuse me, RIR, reps in reserve. You know, I should do an episode on RIR because it is something I am so passionate about. I am more passionate about using the RIR score uh, or scale, reps in reserve, versus lifting with percentages. I love get. Actually, no, I'm not going to talk about it in this episode because I'm going to do an episode. I will do an episode. It's not on the calendar right now, but I will do it maybe in a few weeks 
because I am so passionate about using the RIR scale for lifting weights. I can't stand it when coaches tell you, you lift it 50% or lift it, get to your, get to 75% of your max. That is a lazy and just shitty ass way to program. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It is not for everyone. Even my one-on-one clients, I don't, I don't coach them like that because your, your shit is going to be different every single day. Can you tell I'm getting passionate about this? Because my level of cursing is going up. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sorry, but this is just authentically me. Um, But I get so livid when I see coaches who only train by percentage. Friends, we can do better. We can coach better. All right. Even, I mean, even uh, literally the Olympic level athletes who are coached by coaches who've had years of experience under their belt will have them get to their five rep max that day that they're feeling that day because things are impacted. Like I said earlier, when it comes to RPE scale, sleep, hormones, stress, all of this stuff plays a part in your RPE scale. All right. And, but that's the, that's the beauty of getting to know you and getting to know how you are relating your activity level, your output level to what you're able to do on the bike, off the bike, in the gym, whatever, on the trail while you're running. Okay. But anyways, note to self, I don't have a pen near me. I will remind myself to do an RIR episode (laughs) because obviously I'm very passionate about this more than I thought I was. Uh, But anyways, let's get back to 10, 10 RPE. Uh, This is me right now as I'm going all out on RIR. I'm passionate, friends. I'm passionate. So again, sustainable for only about one to 30 seconds. If you're sprinting, maybe up to three minutes. If you're a little bit more controlled, you're at your max. You have no reps in reserve. This is a full-on sprint. Generally speaking, you are unable to talk. You are gasping for breath. You are just waiting to cross that finish line. All right. So RPE of 10, anaerobic capacity. This is your max effort activity level. This is where you're at zone seven for heart rate zone, last and final zone. This is when you're at it literally percentage of max heart rate. I mean, you're pretty much there. (laughs) You know, you're probably at a hundred percent, maybe even going a little over it. And so we don't really count like what percentage of max heart rate it is. You're just, you're legit doing an all out effort. And this is what I want to say about indoor trainers and max heart rate. Sometimes with intervals and indoor trainers, it is difficult to get your heart rate up to a certain point, all right? Because you're just not, you're not outside, you're not in the heat, you're not in the elements, you don't have a real road that you're going against. So you can adjust things on your indoor trainer. You can, of course, increase the ramp, you can increase the erg percentage, you know, the bias, whatever it is, all right? If you have a smart trainer, if you have like a fluid trainer that your wheel is touching, Uh, you know, your back wheel is touching a part on that or rollers. Uh, I mean, hell, your heart rate will probably be increased anyways, because you're on rollers and those are just stressful (laughs) because you're trying not to fall off. Um, But, you know, it, it can sometimes be difficult for certain individuals to get their heart rate up as high as they need to for certain intervals. And I get that. And that can be a frustrating point. But this is where RPE comes into play. Because if you can sit there and ask yourself, did you give, did you go all out? 
Did you give your all on that, on that sprint effort? And if you say yes, then congratulations, friend, because you met the criteria for that interval session and for that training session. This is one of the many reasons why I try to reinforce RPE. But we do have to know that there are some limitations with indoor training, okay? Treadmills indoors, yeah, it can be fairly easy to go all out on those. Um, But sometimes it's just difficult with certain bikes, especially if it's a bike, a physical bike with wheels that is on a trainer. It can sometimes be just a little too difficult. Now, if you're on like a stages indoor trainer um, or indoor bike, kind of like a spinning bike, that can usually be a little bit easier to do all out efforts on because you're just going to feel more stable. You know, for me, I can say even with a Wahoo kicker, you know, top of the line indoor trainer, my old school <laughs> Trek Madone from like 2000. Uh, wait, what the hell year is that? No, 2003, I think. Oh my God, that thing is old. Holy shit. You just turned over 20. Oh, happy birthday, girl. Um, My bike is behind me in case you're wondering. But yeah, you know, that thing, it, when I go all out, I can, I do not comfortably go all out while standing and sprinting. Like I, I feel stable. Don't get me wrong. Like I fully trust my bike, but man, I do have to crank it up. Like I definitely have to shift gears. And right now, because I did let a friend borrow that bike to do Ragbri last year, it's a little janky. It definitely needs to be serviced because the shifting is a little off. So if your trainer bike is neglected in terms of mechanical and, you know, just mechanical love, yeah, you might not feel completely comfortable going all out. And that's okay. Give your best effort. All right. Look at your RPE. Sense your RPE. All out efforts can be very deceptive and very difficult um, on indoor training platforms. That's basically what I'm trying to say. So don't give yourself too too much like grief over that all right so there's the rp scale as confusing as it is don't worry i'm gonna try to copy and paste it in the, sh- in the show notes i'm gonna give all my trade secrets out into the world i swear if i catch someone copying my crap i'm gonna be pissed um but is this process perfect no <laughs> nothing is perfect friend not even your 700 dollars to a thousand dollar Garmin watch that you're wearing all right that is not even perfect so you're paying for all this technology it's not perfect your power meter not really perfect this is the thing we're looking we're so obsessed on these numbers we're so obsessed about these numbers and we have to recognize that nothing is perfect but these things are tools and they can help you get clear on what things feel like and what you can pay attention to all right. That's the beauty in an RPE scale, because once you build the skill of understanding what your RPE feels like on the bike or in the gym, as well as build the skills in mountain or gravel biking, as well as, of course, you know, your skill in lifting weights and things like that, if that's what you're doing, then feel free to start paying closer attention to your heart rate. You know, if you, if you have a watch or a monitor or a heart rate monitor or something like that. Okay. Now, I will go ahead and say, if you are an intermediate or an advanced or even elite level athlete, yeah, I I do still recommend that you get in touch with the RPE scale. Use it for all of your workouts, you know, compare it, 
at the end of the workout, look at your data on, look at the data on your Garmin or whatever wearable device. I'm saying Garmin because that's what I have, but whatever wearable device you have, Apple Watch, I don't care. Um, and kind of, you know, reflect on your efforts. Look at those interval efforts or look at those all out efforts and see what your heart rate was and how does that correspond with how you felt at that certain point on the trail or on the, you know, during the training or whatever it is, right? Because what, again, what are you going to do if your power meter or your watch or heart rate monitor dies on race or event day? Hmm? You know, it happens. I've even seen it happen with pros for crying out loud. All right. Of course, they usually have backup, um, but sometimes they can't take hand ups. Like sometimes they can't take stuff uh, depending on the race or depending on the sport that they're doing. All right. So I've even seen this happen up with pros uh, that I've helped coach or that I've seen out, you know, I'm just cheering them on and it's frustrating. Like usually happens within, especially for long endurance events, usually happens within the first few minutes. Um, and you know, so I'm trying to say that because pros are some of the most prepared athletes on course. So don't think that it won't happen to you. All right. This is knowing, this is when knowing what it feels like makes a huge difference. So know your body friend. All right. And also I'm going to give you a bonus tip here. Keep in mind that a heart rate monitor or uh, excuse me, a heart rate um, chest strap sensor will be so much more accurate than the wrist sensor on most of your wearable devices. Okay. And also know that even like my fancy schmancy Garmin watch is not going to really judge my heart rate monitor as well as sometimes like a polar brand watch, which polar usually has some of the most accurate sensors in the market, you know? Unfortunately, they just usually do heart rate. So that's why a lot of athletes don't usually go for them. Um, but just throwing it out there, friend, you know, but am I, am I miffed at Garmin? No, man. Again, I'm just using it as a data point. And what I'm, what's cool is I can compare ride to ride. I can compare apples to apples, you know, and I can see what my performance and my heart rate performance was on this particular ride, this particular route this day. And also four weeks later, when I'm doing that same route, same time of day, same time of my cycle, you know, all that stuff, right? So we have to we have to keep that in mind. Now, when it comes to max heart rate, just a real quick plug. You know, the most the easiest method and the most common and actually the most accurate for especially beginners or folks who maybe don't have the baseline conditioning is take 220 and subtract your age. And I know there's going to be a lot of coaches who are going to be rolling their eyes at this. Jen, no, they've got to go and do that test at the local sports medicine clinic to find out what their max heart rate is. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Sure. Sure. Because everyone has several hundred dollars to spend on their testing. Friends, if you know me, I am trying to make sport as accessible to everyone. Not everyone has a few hundred dollars to spend on fancy schmancy testing at a local sports med clinic, nor are they able to participate in sports research, which sometimes does allow for some of this testing to be done for free. So that's actually kind of a cool way. <laughs> so if you do have a sports medicine clinic, um, like pre preferably like university, or college, usually universities that are performing active research on athletes, 
maybe see what they're doing, you know, go on pubmag.gov and just see what they're doing, see what they're doing. Um, you know, and, and cause you'd be surprised. Uh, and a lot of times you can have certain testing done VO2 max. I mean, it's really cool actually what testing you can have done for free as just a test subject. That is part of the bonus for being a test subject and spending your hours as a test subject. Okay. Um, I got distracted. Oh, but yeah, take 220 minus your age. That's going to be your max heart rate. Is it perfect? No. Again, if you've learned a lesson from this episode, it is that nothing is perfect. All right. Uh, 220, oops, excuse me, 220 minus my age, 44. Oh God, that hurts. Um, it, like literally this says it's 176. I can tell you for a freaking fact that I can go higher than 176, okay? Especially with an all-out effort, all right? Um, so actually, that is one way you can do it. You can do a sprint test. You can test an all-out effort on a day that you're feeling good and, uh, and just see what that feels like. You know, see what your heart rate gets to. And, um, you know, mine, it generally is in the 180s, 185-ish or so. Um, and that's like a serious all out at altitude. I'm, I'm feeling like not good, you know, uh, I'm not having a tachycardia episode or anything like that at the, at the moment, but yeah, that's, that's an all out effort. There are other testing you can do and please know that 220 minus, you know, your age, it is not going to be accurate for folks who are very well conditioned. All right. It's just going to give you an idea. And then what's cool is you can use the RPE scale to be like, oh, that was an all-out effort. That was a 10 out of 10. What was my heart rate during that? And you can look and see, hey, what was my heart rate during that? And there you go, friend. I just saved you, I don't know, I think like $250 to $350 maybe. I don't remember how much some of this testing is at local clinics. But is it perfect? Again, no, it's not perfect. We're not looking for perfect. All right? We're not looking for perfect um, unless you have thousands of dollars to spend on multiple, like multitudes of testing at clinics, you know, go down to Colorado Springs, do the same testing that Olympic level athletes do. Great. That's going to cost you a lot of money, you know, maybe your left kidney. And I just don't think that that's for everyone. Okay. But that's literally what, you know, Joe Schmo, who is picking up mountain biking, thinks that they need. And I don't want you to think that you need that, all right? Um, because you don't. You really don't. You do need to, however, get in touch with how your body feels. And this episode is a lot longer than I was anticipating. I thought this was going to be like a 20-minute long episode. But I also went on a like five-minute tangent on RIR. So there we go. Um, but that is all I have for you, fam. If this episode was helpful, please share it and t- you know, tag me in it. If I, if I don't, if you don't tag me in it, I just don't see it, unfortunately. So tag Shift Human Performance, subscribe, rate, and share. And I will see you next week with an interview of a local bike fitting badass PT here in Colorado. She's a rad ass. I can't wait to have her on. But until then, I hope you have a beautiful day and I will catch you next week. All right. Give the RPE scale a try and let me know how it goes. Bye.